Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast, where each and every week we read number one issues, the best and the brightest of that week. And this week we are doing a future state book, Superman Worlds of War, and Matt Kent has a book on Dark Horse, Crimson Flower. But before that, let's do the news. Like we always do. Yeah, every single week. We do the news. So consistent. I'll cut this out, but uh, 1 through 10 intro. You nailed it. You give me a 9? Yeah. Always room for improvement. Sure. <laughs> I don't want you to feel like sated completely. Yeah, no, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't give people. Keep the drive. I don't give people 10s. Uh-huh. <laughs> this week in the club, we have Budget King and we have Mike D. Hello, here I am. We're recording from the moon as always. Yep. And uh, there's lots of news this week, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you, just to start off before we even haven't gotten the news, we covered WandaVision last week. It's all anybody wants to talk to me about. Anybody that remotely knows that I'm into comic books is like all Don't, of a coming sudden. Coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. And I haven't even seen the newest episode, so I, I feel like I'm Same. a slacker. Yeah. Every, we have different priorities. Everybody that tells me things about WandaVision is informing me about something about it. I mean, I like it. I've I've enjoyed it. But I have not gone deep on, like, all these things that people are telling me. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Thank you. (laughs) I also read 50 comic books a week. (laughs) Um, Let's get into some of the actual comic book news that's happening. Let's start off with, okay, there's this weird thing that happened where Brian K. Vaughn was purchasing an unpublished script that Alan Moore had written of Gen 13. Yes. Do you know about that comic book? Yeah. 90s comic. In my head, I associate it with, like, the real world. <laughs> okay. It's, like, just a bunch of, like, hot, young superheroes on image. Oh, oh. oh. Drawn by J. Yes. Scott Campbell, okay. who draws hot, young characters. The real world. I love that association. <laughs> uh, it was going to help, a, like, a legendary illustrator on, on Marvel. Did a lot of um, X-Men and Star Wars and yeah. stuff. And so it was, It went for a high dollar, and then people were like, oh, Brian K. Vaughn bought it. That's crazy. Yeah. Right? Then it was revealed this week that he did a little bit of what his own publishing company does. Panel Syndicate? Yeah, Panel Syndicate. You pay what you want, you donate to this person's medical fund, Mm -hmm. and then you get to read that issue. That's so cool. Yeah. Turns out Brian K. Vaughn, always a good guy. Solid guy. We knew it. (laughs) Bald guys are nice guys. Hey, I'll stand by that. Mm -hmm. You're a nice guy. If you guys didn't know Mike D's, Mm -hmm. he he bicks it every day. Yep, in the shower. Mm -hmm. My routine. You don't have to answer this, but do you do you do it down below as well to keep it the same? I don't touch anything else on my body. <laughs> okay. Just my head and face. Okay. This is an excuse to talk about Magic the Gathering. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> Magic the Gathering comic books come back in April. Woo-hoo. Right? Yep. Okay. But the Magic the Gathering industry is, is a little bit interesting right now for a handful of things. But, but by the way, did you ever purchase them, the comic books, as a kid? I did. Did you buy them for the cards like, to try to get them? Yeah, yeah, they came with, I, I got my Fireball oh, did you, from a Magic the Gathering I got comic. a B- Baron Singer. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly <laughs> still. But uh, both those cards are good, great cards. Yeah. Fireball's great card. Okay, so they're, this is going to get convoluted, but I'll try to make it really, really <laughs> quickly for you. Tell me if this, if this if this ceases to be interesting, say cut it. All stop, right, stop. Sounds good. They have Planeswalkers, which are gods. They mm-hmm. just released their first neutral gender one. I don't know what that is. 
neutral gender. I slurred my words. I thought you were saying some fantasy phrase. No, nusra gender. Nusra gender sounds like elvish. <laughs> no, yes, uh, does not have a does not have a declared gender. Okay, which is pretty cool. How about it. Yeah. Um, the new series is, I think, called Cold Heen. I know I'm saying that wrong. Anybody that is a, a Magic the Gathering fan is like, oh, fuck this guy. But it's a, like, Norwegian black metal inspired. This, for the first time ever, Magic is, like, dipping into, like, adjacent nerd things. <laughs> they did, like, a Godzilla kind of themed one early in COVID. Okay, can we talk about that? Yeah. Because one of the characters had an attack called, like, Corona Wave. Yes. And that, what, what and that card, people had paid, like, over 100 for the foil. Yeah. And I don't know if it's still... I meant to go check on that. Yeah, because they were they, going to pull it from print runs, but did. it had already been packaged. Well, yes. They pulled it, but the thing about it was is that it was a box exclusive. Okay. So... It was already really hard to get mm-hmm. anyway. So, like, then them pulling it made it, like, ultra, ultra rare. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there's that. And then I think that's all there is to say about Magic the Gathering. Um, but it's coming back. So if you're a Magic the Gathering comic book fan, then you'll you'll get them in comic books, I guess. Yeah, I don't know that I knew any storyline or what the characters were in any of those comics. It really was an yeah. exciting way to get a card. <laughs> Yeah, it, it totally, and yeah. And, like, if you were into, like, Tolkien and shit like that when yeah. you were a kid, it was just, like, cool fantasy pictures and elf people and stuff like that. Which blows my fucking mind when you think about this. Mm-hmm. Early Magic cards would have, like, quotes in the bottom, like a flavor text. A lot of them would just be fantasy text, and some of them would even just be, like, Tolkien quotes. Right. They would absolutely never do that now. It's, like, all, like, if there's any uh of that, like flavor text it's uh-huh. all about like the mythos of the magic they get like on brand magic the gathering world. they don't need filler anymore <laughs> no There's no they plenty got, of fodder no, I, I imagine they hire like droves of authors well brandon sanderson a, a very famous uh my, oh. one, my one of my favorite my favorite uh fantasy authors writes for them yeah um i won't go in i was going to tell you this cool little ditty about why he did that but let's move on <laughs> we were big fans of this comic book port of earth yes that we covered in March 2019. Mm-hmm. And we that knew- Kaplan wrote it, I think. Yes. One of like the first comic books that he had written, right? Because he had done movie, movie scripts before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we knew it got optioned, but now it's like getting made. Mm-hmm. I could say the uh, platform that it's not going to mean anything to you, the audience. Amazon. Did that, did that matter to you more than it's on Amazon than it is HBO? No, you don't care. Yeah. You'll watch it wherever it is. <laughs> <laughs> You've got someone's password. Yeah, exactly. Somebody has a password where you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a great. Did you? I finished it. Did you stay with it? I read the first few issues and then fell off of it. Okay, you know, it, it felt like cinema. Like I was like reading it. And I'm like, this is gonna get picked up. If yeah. So, I mean, the only thing preventing it is it was like an independent book. The first issue was great. I remember one of my gripes with it at the time was that it had one of those bad guy characters. That I was like, I I get it. He's an asshole. <laughs> like one of the police chief okay, guys was yeah. like, fucking aliens, dipshits. Like he was overly like racist aliens. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. The the comparison I've used like a million times on this podcast is like the raptor keeper in Jurassic World <laughs> is just like, you know. I actually don't remember using that because that's like such a good. He's just, he's just like punching like or is, like prodding the raptors and being like dumb fucking dinosaurs. Isn't and he you're Australian? Like, you're like, oh, this guy's going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely a red shirt. 
It's a great. He yeah. will die at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's the news, all packaged in a little bow mm-hmm. for uh, for you. The news keeps on coming, and we keep on covering it. We've reached that time where it is time to get <laughs> this podcast <laughs> started. It's way better if you do vocal fry for the edit. First up, we have Future State, Superman, Worlds of War. This is by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Mikhail Janin. I was not trying to say it with like a question mark. (laughs) But it is tough to tell who writes these things because there's like 40 names on the cover. Yes, yeah, yeah. This is one of those, I I think at least one a week is a quote, like anthology. Uh-huh. We've actually, every time, we've covered the anthology one. Right. So I think uh, it's just like the headlining book of the week that you're like, ooh, this is the one I'm most interested in. And then they stick, they stick they others, extra stuff other stuff it. that like might fail. Mm-hmm. Or might not have carried itself. I right. mean, there's no doubt now in my mind that that is exactly <laughs> what they're doing. There's no like, this is a great book and we're giving you two for your value. Uh, These are absolutely packed in here because they would not have sold right. <laughs> otherwise. And that's fine. Like, they're, they're, they've not, there's not been a terrible one that I've read. No, I agree. And I think it's one of those things that's like throw at the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. That there may be... Um, stories people gravitate towards that even though they don't have follow-up in Future State to be published, you know the fans like that creative team and maybe yeah. you want to see something else from them. So It's definitely how you get them to read it. Right. So in this book, uh, Superman is not on Earth. There's weird shit that's been going on mm-hmm. and people are mourning Clark Kent not being around. I loved this book. I'll just start by saying that. I absolutely did too. The, I was taken with it. The whole starring headlining story of this takes place in Smallville, mm-hmm. and people have like pilgrimaged there because of what Superman Clark Kent med- meant to them. At this point on Earth, we know Clark's identity, and it's become like a religion of sorts. Obviously, people view yep. him as a god. They're talking about how people like read his chemistry papers from sixth grade as like scripture now. <laughs> And it's like, what can we glean from, you know, Superman's words in in this passage? What's interesting about this book, too, is that it's a lot like the Batman book we read, where like 90% of the book is not, does not involve Superman. Yeah. It's just about like, where is he? And what do the people think about him in his absence? Right. And we follow a lead. Is that lead significant? I don't Uh, think so. Okay. She's not a character that I'm aware of elsewhere. It reminded me a bit of like a grown up Naomi. Um, sure. Um, but anyway, uh, it's somebody who has a very close connection to specifically Clark Kent, not Superman. Right. Um, and is like, it seems like going to like a youth group <laughs> of sorts. Did, did you get the youth group vibe? Oh, totally. Okay, yeah. They're sitting around a, well, also like an AA. Yes. Or like a grievance loss group. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. sitting around in lost, a... Lost loved ones group. Yeah, right. Yeah, People yeah. sitting around in a circle telling the stories. Why did he do the things he did? Did he leave us on purpose? Do I believe him to be dead? Yeah. If he's a god, why would he leave us? <laughs> like, it's a lot of interesting questions posed that, you know, not hyper original, I guess. Like, you've heard these things said and asked about Superman before, but... 
I do always kind of like people in the world of the comic more existentially talking about Superman. Oh, totally. Like, it reminded me of the television show Leftovers a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but then, like, I think a Superman book is great anytime they're exploring him being an alien. Yeah. And that really is, like, the Superman story that I like. Mm-hmm. And that's 100% what this is about. The modern take is so much more interesting than the old just, like, he's a strong guy right. who yeah. saves us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love them just, like, surmising, thinking, like, why did he even take a human form? It really is like they're talking about like a god or, right. or god, yeah. They're not as informed about him as we are, right, as right. the as a reader. So, so much of I guess the message here is that like his greatest aspect is his altruism, not necessarily his speed, strength, right. whatever. Yeah. Even though those things seem obvious, that um, he he had a devastatingly awesome effect on. I'll say if you don't like Superman or you think Superman is lame. This book really sells you on the story of Superman sure. in general. Yeah. It made, made me a Superman fan. Uh-huh. This book was fantastic. Uh, just generally, Future State's been good. Oh, yeah. Solid all around. I was a naysayer when I heard about it and saying, like, come on, you're going to write Get a bunch here. of yeah. comics that barely leave any repercussions in the lasting DC universe. Everything I read from DC is going to be gone for a couple months. These have been so fun to read. Totally. Well, I mean, and we, a breath of fresh air. We had this conversation before the podcast started, but I actually think Catwoman was the real steal of the of this week of a future state. Although we're not covering it, right? It felt like a mix of Snowpiercer, um, that like comic book, and mm-hmm. then like just a really good way to write Catwoman as essentially, honestly, as badass as Batman, like if not more. That's it, killer. It was awesome. Uh, and it was written by Rom V, who did the Swamp Thing that sold out. People w- loved that Swamp Thing story yeah. the first week. And then Wonder Woman was pretty good, too. So, and people, and Nightwing selling out. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh-huh. Like, Future State is having a strong showing. Yeah. my Me and my wife had a little bit of a COVID scare at the beginning of the week. So, I didn't get to go to my comic shop. And so, I was like, oh, shoot, I should scramble to get online and order the books that I would have bought. So many of the books were sold out online. And I was like, man, they print a ton of Future State books on Wednesday. Superman, Worlds of War is sold out. <laughs> Give me a break. Nightwing, Future State is sold out. Well, so, so many of these have, quote unquote, like first appearances or team, sure. team first appearances that like spec people are probably being like, at least need to own it. Right. And so, and it's like, none of that matters. Like the Teen Titans book from that we covered on the Patreon uh-huh. is like, was going like crazy. <laughs> I don't think that, like, that appearance of Red X is going to be no. the thing that matters. That That's the Future State book that I've been the least stoked on. Totally. That I've read thus far out of all of them. I agree. Um, the, the last thing about Superman that I would bring back around is that mm-hmm. it totally just transforms into Thor Ragnarok <laughs> in the end. Yeah, the ends up on War World. I don't know if, like, that's an 80s comic thing Okay. that... Um, is oh, it like shoot. Battle World <laughs> for Marvel? It's not. Well, it's it's more like the Planet Hulk thing you're thinking of. Okay, where yeah. It's like a Coliseum weapon planet. Yeah. Okay. And uh, people just go there to fight to the death and there's surviving warriors. To be honest, that's what I want. I want every comic book to have that. <laughs> just to have a Coliseum where you fight to the death. Like It doesn't go. matter what you're. Buffy, just mm-hmm. throw it in there. <laughs> 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Bu- Buffy gets a Coliseum. Yeah, where sure. They fight to the death. You add that in any comic book, I'm gonna like it. Yeah, some things are okay to steal. <laughs> They're just such big ideas. Don't worry about taking. Right. Yeah. Them. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> no one can invent Coliseum fight to the death. No. No. Exactly. It's it's the old, it's older than time, as some yeah. would say. So all, all the follow up stories at the end of the initial series kind of take you to War World with characters trying to break in, trying to break out, knowing that or thinking that Clark Kent is in there and we need to get him out to, you know, restore Earth to its former glory. So just some, I don't know, extra potpourri that I could have taken or left. <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> yeah. It was like like Miracle Man. Yeah. Uh, the racer one. Mm-hmm. What's it called? I read them all. Black Racer. Yeah. I read them all and they were, I, I enjoyed them all, but I would have liked to have seen more Superman in each of them. This needed. But I, I think, I think the idea is just to build up suspense for when we actually get him. Right. I think this the my one criticism of this book is it needed to be longer the actual Superman part yeah so it's like they could have just been like mm, one we, one less anthology when book. we jump to War World and you see him I would have loved like a few more pages of just action yeah just yeah. like shit he's tearing up on War World yeah would have been great yeah I'll say that we haven't read is it called Sons of Metropolis or whatever that right. book is yeah that was a Future State book that. This this book references some things. I think you most people will have need to have read. I just kind of made it up in my head what happened, but I think, I think you need to have you need to know what the implications of it right. to understand this book. Metropolis is in a poor state, and mm. as as is Gotham, and um, part of the super family and Kryptonians are to blame for that. So mm. there's some struggle on how do you view the rest of his race. They're not all saviors as humans maybe would have thought at one point. Right. Interesting and, stuff. Yeah, it's good Good stuff. DC, you're doing well so far. So far, you're outdoing Marvel? This year? Yeah. Yeah, DC's having a better 2021 <laughs> than Marvel through January. Okay. Which... They'll take, DC will take what they can hey, get. Hey, King and Black and Venom, huge event. Yes. There was a Spider-Man book that is selling for $40 still just because the cover was cool. <laughs> Do you see the second I mean, printing of it? That's Yeah, it's like red. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the same cover but yeah. red. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty good 2021 so far too. And they're still just getting stomped on by DC. Yeah, F- Future State brought it. Yeah. Hey, and it doesn't have to be a fight. <laughs> it always is though. But if I have to pick a winner, it's DC right now. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you can hold it, DC. You get eight kudos. <laughs> you have eight kudos you've earned. Marvel, you have two. Yep, step it up, Marvel. You got six to catch up. Good. Yeah, we need to throw DC more more compliments. Yeah. Um, this wasn't a funny comic. I can say that. It hadn't been a funny future state yet. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The Harley Quinn book wasn't funny, but... Light, I, I light. had a funner time with it. It was yeah. kind of more of like a fun book. Yeah, there hasn't been a real light. Even the Harley Quinn book wasn't that light. Yeah. You know? I loved that one. You did? Yeah. It I, I liked it. Turned into like CSI mm-hmm. sort of a story. Yeah. And that's great. The The one I've been most confused by was actually the Brazilian Wonder Woman uh, book. N- and, and I don't know if it's confirmed or there's speculation that she's going to end up entering the current DC universe. Okay after Future State, but I expected to like that book 
more than any of the other future state books I've I've read just based on the hype and some of the imagery I was seeing from it. But I was just confused and didn't get where it like fit in with the rest of the yeah. future state stuff that's been going on. So maybe it ties in with the next issue a little more and it all starts to make sense. But it feels very, very separate right mm-hmm. now. Well, I like that they're giving so many authors so many chances. Totally. Like, like step, having Ron B. step up, Becky Cloonan from Gotham Academy and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. She's getting a ton of things. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Immortal Wonder Woman had Jen Bartelt on... Oh, yeah, yeah. Interiors. All right. Man, we did it. Thanks for your today. <laughs> Next up, we have Crimson Flower with a club favorite of Matt Kent. And the artists are Matt Lazinski and Bill Crabtree on there. Yep. They're both doing the art? You know, I don't know how that works, but they were both billed as artist. The art is fucking bonkers on this. It is, it is. insanity. <laughs> it really reminds me of like a zine or local comic. It's the most indie-feeling indie comic I've read in a while. Yes. Oh, oh, it went indie to the max. It, the, even the, like, the the paneling of, like, the the mm-hmm. position of how they, like, move the 3D space yeah. was, like, jarring, actually. It felt like a graphic novel. Like, it seemed weird to be reading it in a floppy comic <laughs> <laughs> because most hard indie shit that you get like this is in a book. Right. It and it was like Dark Horse too, yeah, which is like right. it's not like Image does some weird ass shit where it's like Image doesn't care. Oh, and you know what? You made a comment about this earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, maybe this attributed to the vibe it gave me was that it seems like it has flimsier pages than most comics, and so it felt like, ah, oh, man, the cheapest thing I can afford to print it on is like this like thin, <laughs> thin, thin ass paper because I'm." you know, making my own self-published comic. I felt like I was going to rip it the whole time I yeah. was reading it. Yeah. I mean, the I will say, like, if you read this, and if you've read this, you know what we're talking about. There are a couple scenes that I just had to stare at and be like, what am I looking at? Uh-huh. Like, this is, like, gross. Yeah. <laughs> In, like, a very, like, indie way. And it's like, the purport, no... There is no um, attention to, like, actual human anatomy. Yeah. In this, although it is a very... It's like a... It's, pretty much like a straightforward story like it's it's not like yeah. zany right um so like that's <laughs> i don't know it's a mind it was a mind fuck i'd read it twice yeah our lead character i were led to believe i don't know how true this is schizophrenic something like that and i don't know if like p- part of the art style is supposed to help emphasize that like kind of that like yeah no, you're, you're right. You're helping fill in the gaps now because there is an obvious part where she sees somebody like a wolf and mm-hmm. she's actually getting her medication. The last panel of the book is her explaining stuff of like, this is how my life changes. And you see her flying. Yeah. Very confusing. But I now realize probably a schizophrenic thing. I know. The book starts with her as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And she goes into her dad's office and always reads this book of like Slavic folk tales. Mm-hmm. And she sees herself, I think, as one of the heroes in okay. th- one of those stories. Yeah. And then it's like a Kill Bill revenge story. Yeah. Her dad gets killed in front of her. Yes. Who she has a great relationship with. And she was reading this book as he was murdered. So I think that her weird escapism thing is being a hero going on a journey to avenge his death. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, it, I had a f- I thought it was a fun read. 
Yeah, it was. It seems like it would be a good, just like you said, revenge movie. Right. Revenge flick. <laughs> An acid. That's, isn't that funny that it's like a genre now? <laughs> a nice acid drip revenge yeah. flick, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is It is funny that revenge is like its own genre now. Mm-hmm. I love it as a genre. I think that I could, revenge is something. Every once in a while, I feel like I need Mm-hmm. an outlet like that yeah. like it serves a certain part of my brain to see someone get revenge get their com- comeuppance you say that word a lot I took your come word comeuppance I like that I don't know that I'm like I'm not a stickler for like justice <laughs> oh uh, I I am you aren't I kind of feel like you well, are I am <laughs> me, well, I guess with like stupid things yeah but for whatever reason the whole schadenfreude phenomenon and uh is you know kind of the same sort of thing as those like action revenge porn yes. movies. No, I mean like when there is somebody when I hear about somebody getting fired that did something really heinous, my first reaction mm-hmm. is I want to follow them to their car and watch them internalize <laughs> getting fired. I want I want to f- witness it with my eyeballs. Yeah. So I would say I like revenge flicks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I'm not hyper fascinated with it, but it's it's so interesting to me that when I'm watching it, I'm just like click in my head that's just like, yeah, I needed that. Yeah. It's so it's that's that's my point. It's like a funny thing that it serves. Got it. Yeah, yeah, it is it is a little bit weird that it's like so extensive. Yeah. Um this this book has probably more legs than that too because like she's there's she also sells <laughs> she's like a pharmaceutical pusher, is that right? Yeah. In Russia? Uh-huh. Um, and this, so there's this whole, She's like, a pharma rep. Yeah. Yeah. If you're familiar with that position, they go to doctor's offices one after another and like try to get the doctor's offices to buy their, right. Or recommend their yeah, medicine. Yeah. Yes. Very, very familiar with that actually. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So like, I mean, that in and of itself, if it wasn't a revenge story, if it was just a pharma rep, that's like also schizophrenic. Uh, uh-huh. I think could be its own. This is so Matt Kent, though, yeah. to just be like, to have like all these facets that you could dive into mm-hmm. to figure it out. I think we both like and prefer when he's doing the artwork. Yeah, um, I love his artwork. So I love that he can kind of just like be like, here's the script, figure it out. Uh-huh. And in some <laughs> ways they're crazier than he is right. on the artwork here. Yeah. So it it, it is a great book um, and it's it's fun. I have no clue where it's going. Because they seem to like kind of tie off a lot of things in this book. Same. It could have been a standalone book. Yes. The way it ended almost seemed like it was just like, a, oh, I get her a little more now. Or like <laughs> I understand what's going on in her head. Which, you know what? We critique books when they have too quick of an ending and you don't mm. get much. Should we compliment a book that was self-contained and lets you figure out what's going to happen in the next book? I mean... It do- it doesn't. There wasn't a lot of marketing attention to the second book, because it's like uh-huh. we don't love the the main character really. Or, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and we don't really like. I don't know where her journey is gonna go. Uh-huh. It's a reveal that it's a revenge story. It's not straight up a revenge story. Yep. So it's like this is like a you're buying this book because you're a big independent comic fan or a Matt Kent fan at this point. Yeah. When I finished it, I was like, I'm surprised they didn't have her lost in fantasy more during this first issue Mm -hmm. because outside of the wolf hallucination at the beginning and like you said at the very very end that was it really yeah what if it's that she's the actual crimson flower and she's schizophrenically hallucinating or her reality is not real 
uh-huh. is that she's like normal pharma lady. She could be. <laughs> I mean, how much of this book was hallucinated? Maybe all of it. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? That's I worked in a uh, mental health facility and some of the admit papers and people's stories were like nuts. Oh, I Like bet. the delusions of grandeur thing is just like, wow. So hearing some of the things that people say is just like, where on earth did that come from? So I have a I have a strong passing interest in like mental health mm-hmm. and, and therapy and things like that. So I was, I was reading a, a little bit about like what, how to talk to somebody when they're like having an episode mm-hmm. where it's like they're not in their reality. Right. And it was, it was fascinating, like how you're supposed to approach it. Like, you're, I mean, it comes as no surprise, but it was like, you're essentially the last thing you're supposed to be doing is saying like, wake up idiot this isn't real yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like not helpful at all right yeah Yeah. it just feeds paranoia right yeah because they're experiencing something completely different i think they double down yeah you know like i don't know if it's always paranoia but it's like essentially like that's that's not the way to to break through Mm -hmm. but there are like subtle ways you can get them to question yeah like their reality and Mm -hmm. stuff and, and question like what is going on right I don't know if that's mania or whatever it is, but like mm-hmm. that state is it, so it, it yeah it's just interesting and I think that it seems like this book is treating it fairly tr- treating the the condition sure um but not with like a no, I'm not saying they have like a direct knowledge of it but it it doesn't seem like pedantic in yeah any way. right so it's a good book y- it, I feel like I can't say whether I like it or not yet. <laughs> It normally like I mean we put Matt Kent books on our the year end list almost consistently uh-huh. every year. This this is one book where it's like it kind of like didn't have a lot of hype. The artwork was so disorienting, yeah, in a good way that it just There's like an old man character <laughs> gets his arm smashed in the door. <laughs> his like each arm had like a single vein, yeah, he just like, bulging like, out of control, yeah, he right? Like Iggy Pop. Yeah, he did look like Iggy Pop. Um, his spinal cord, like they they have him like as a shriveled, sunken in sort of character, but his his spine's just like sticking so yeah, far out of Ooh. his back. It was gross. Um, yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff that came out this week, so it was uh it was good. It, I I think pick it up for sure and and check it out. Yeah, if you like super indie alt comics. Which I imagine you'll, a lot of our audience does. Yeah, yeah, you'll probably like be into this. And we aren't covering it here. I don't even know if we will on, a, on the Patreon. But uh, Brandon Graham had a book out. Yeah, Rain, Rain like hammers. I haven't uh, read yet, but is that a one shot? I think it is. I I don't know if it's a one. He made it seem like it was a book that was going to happen again. Okay. It read like a one shot though, so that's why I'm questioning myself. Yeah. But in the in well, the, the interesting thing is, what, what was the Warheads book that he did? Multiple Warheads. So that book, like. Re- like came out slowly. Well, it, as like a few one shots. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't think they were sub- sequentially numbered. Were and then they? he and then he would like revisit it. And uh-huh. then um, when he did his like thing with image, yeah. Um, he like had him published inside of that too. Like that yes. weird like anthology annual island. Yeah, island. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was like you had to be really into it. This is like a standalone. It, it could it could be in that world. It mm-hmm. definitely seems like it. Um, but like it, I read it and I was like, uh, do I love this comic book? <laughs> <laughs> I think I wrote to you that it felt like 
um, like I Heart Huckabees or uh, the Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it felt like very like peaceful, but like a world that doesn't make sense. Uh huh. So it's good. I know we're not reviewing that book, but we're just saying like other number one indies that came out. Mm-hmm. You'd have a choice. Two great authors. Can't yeah. go wrong. Right. <laughs> Pick one. Um. Cool. That's it.